0: Okay. Once again, we will um, we'll start. Welcome. It's really nice to see people's faces and to be in person. Uh, this has been a long time in the coming, and I hope everybody feels comfortable and safe. You can always back up, sit somewhere else if you want to. Um, it's really really nice. Um, everybody's. If you uh, do you want to just pass around? These are the um, the in text. If you all of you have taken some of. IJA's um, class, right? So you know about the text. It's you know a mixture of discussion, text questions. Try to make it as you know personal and interactive as possible. Do you guys have the text? No, I don't have like shared screen text for them. Yeah, so I will. Um, I'll try to have you hear it, and then um, well, I can. We can email it to you later. For Ari, do you want to email us from now? Yeah. You get home? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna email it. Rabbi Ari's going to try to email it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, called Well Connected, it's not what you know, it's what you do. And um, we're going to dive right in to what this course is about. Each of the lessons, as usual, is its own freestanding, like you'll walk away with having learned something here, and hopefully you can, you can join all of them because obviously you build upon different themes and different topics, but just being here tonight, I think you will walk away with something new fr- from something you probably already know about, but we're here to give new perspective into the whys of what we do. So um, question. How would you define the word mitzvah? A good,
1: deed.
0: A good deed. Okay, so let's write that down. A good deed.
1: An obligation. An
0: obligation. Commandment. Okay. Commandment. Someone write it, want to write it down? Good deed. Obligation. Connection. Commandment. Connection. Okay. Okay. So um, all the different ways that we, anything else? When when you hear the word mitzvah, what comes to mind? God. God. Okay. So it's, it's Jewish. It is a Jewish, right? It's a Jewish thing. It is uniquely Jewish, a mitzvah. Would you say? First, it starts off uniquely Jewish, but perhaps it it grows from there. But it's uniquely Jewish. I like that interpretation, actually. Something that you do that is uniquely Jewish. Okay. So, um, if we find mitzvah, I think one of the first things that were said was a good deed, if you define mitzvah as a good deed, who is it good for? Okay, so who is this good deed for? Um, Some parts, some mitzvahs are clearly beneficial to others. So just throw out some mitzvahs that are clearly beneficial to others.
2: Tzedakah.
0: Tzedakah, charity, okay, clearly beneficial to others. What else? Visiting the sick. Visiting the sick, clearly <clears throat> beneficial to others.
1: Honoring our parents.
0: Honoring parents, clearly beneficial. Okay. Welcoming guests. Welcoming guests. Okay. What about? What about? Are there any that are maybe just beneficial to myself and to God? So, what would those mysteries be? Uh, taking care of your body. Taking care of your body. Okay. Well, candle lighting. Candle lighting. So that's beneficial. Why is that beneficial to myself? Just curious
2: um because when you light the candles you're <laughs> connecting with god and you say a blessing
0: okay is- so you're connecting with hashem you're saying a blessing donna oh,
2: eating kosher
0: eating kosher okay so that's a so how is that beneficial to me
2: because our bodies are pure are more elevated because we're having the kosher
0: food okay so it it it, it it internalizes something for us, right? Like it makes us be more conscious of what we're doing. So it's beneficial for me and it's beneficial for God. Okay. So it's, so, so there's a clear benefit for God because he asked me to do the kosher. Right. And then there's a spiritual benefit, obviously for myself, because no one's going to argue. I mean, people try to say that kosher has like health benefits, but let's be real. Like we do it. If, if we do it, we're doing it for Hashem. Okay. But it's not obviously beneficial. Okay. So for example, something like, um, kosher would not be obviously beneficial, except if you're, if you dig a little deeper, Um, something like shotness, wool and linen, that wouldn't be obviously beneficial. Um, something like, um, I'm just trying to think, um, you know, we take our, our, our dishes and we put them in the mikveh. That's not obviously beneficial to anybody. Even you could say a woman immersing in the mikveh, is not necessarily obviously beneficial. We can come up with many reasons, but it's not obviously beneficial because there's plenty of people that are married and have lovely lives and do never go to the mikvah day in their life. Okay, so we're we're starting to see like there's two types. Okay, so um, so even though we often think of, I mean, I think this class is thank God you know has more background and everything, but often the world sees mitzvah as good deed, right? And, you know, come do a mitzvah, a mitzvah. And, and But there's actually two categories, okay? There's one is benefiting others and one is benefiting our, is, is helping others, benefiting others. And then the other part of a mitzvah is benefiting us and Hashem. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive right into text one and two. So, um, okay. So Adira, do you wanna start with um, text one? So first of all, this text is from the Midrash um, Bereshit Rabbah and this is an early rabbinic commentary on the book of Bereshit. And um, this Midrash bears the name of Rabbi Oshia Rabbah whose teaching opens this work. Uh, this Midrash provides textual textual EGCs and stories expounds upon the biblical narrative and develops and illustrates moral principles. Okay, that's what we're looking at here. So from, and it's, it's ancient medrash, okay from it was first printed in 1512 okay so we're this is really ancient ancient studies we're we're picking up here okay so go ahead adira the mitzvos
3: were given only to refine god's creations god does god care if a person slaughters an animal from the throat or from the back of the neck rather the mitzvos were given only to refine god's
0: creations okay so the measures tells us that this is the specificity of the Mitzvah is for us. The reason we're worried about how the animal is, is slaughtered. So we come up with reasons. It's nicer to an this, but at the end of the day, we do these specificities for ourselves, okay? To become the best you. Okay, text two, Charna. A gratifying aroma for God. From Exodus 29, 18. Yeah, so this is sorry. I'm sorry. This is from Rashi. Mm-hmm. So on the on the verse, Reach Nicha Hashem. what is a, a what why do we do these incense in the temple? What why what was the purpose of these incense? It is a gratification of the spirit, the for me that I spoke and my will was done. Okay. So something like the incense was completely for Hashem, okay? This was gratifying for Hashem. And um, the this is, whatever I am doing brings Hashem pleasure. So I just wanna go back. So there's number one is you to become the best you. And number one is for whatever reason, these mitzvot, they bring Hashem pleasure. So um, I don't know if any of you remember I think we actually talked, showed a video of this at a class a long time ago. There was a Spongebob. I think it was in California on Holly, on um on Hollywood, where all the Avenue of the Stars was. And there was this SpongeBob. And this was set up by like the late night show. And he was on the floor flailing, help me, help me, help me. And they were filming this and this was done. You know, they do these ad hoc things. It was, and they this SpongeBob is flailing, and everyone's walking right by to and from I don't know if it was Manhattan. I think it was in California. And um and these two Jewish kids with kippas picked up SpongeBob and they mm-hmm. started dancing afterwards. And this wasn't, this was done by Hollywood, you know but you know, there's just a little example of like this inculcation, this constant being told like we do this for someone else and we do this and and then here that, that's, that's what we're hoping to get. And I think the inverse of it is when somebody Jewish does do something immoral or unkind. It's so shocking because the world holds us up to this standard that is sometimes so hard for even us to be held to, but it's definitely seen as like, there's definitely that added layer of a Jew did, you know, so-and-so. Okay, so um, I wanna ask you all, which one motivates you more? Number one, doing it for your own self-refinement or number two, because you know, like, Somebody said the relationship. You know, you're bringing Hashem pleasure. Oh, Donna, you said that. So, what? Which one? Which one motivates you?
1: I I
3: think doing it for yourself is going to be the primary motivator. Okay. You know, but you can do things
0: that, for others, it still make you feel good, kind of after the fact. Right. No, specifically though, Hashem, like doing it for yourself or doing it just because this is what, this is what a God wants for me. Like this makes me, you know, think of our, our holidays eating matzah. Like you eat matzah, <laughs> like not for yourself. That's for sure not. Like we're eating matzah for the, for the, they say in Yiddish or the Hebrew, the Inyan, like for the thing, for the, the you know, okay, today we probably now interpret it. It's, it's dar dar. it's passing to generation. It feels very nostalgic. It feels very family oriented. So there's a lot you know, intertwined that becomes self. But at the end of the day, it's for Hashem. Okay, so anyone have anything to, yes, go ahead, Donna.
2: So by like doing it for ourselves, it may seem selfish, but not really because we become better people. And then the fact that we internalize that, that's what God wants. He wants us to
1: become better people. Right. So okay. Yeah, well, so, we know this as mothers, too. At the same time as for Right. Staff, for you know, though it seems like
2: it's process.
1: Right. We refine our children, you know, we act in that way to help perfect and refine their behavior, too.
0: Right, so. we, we refine that's ourselves right. for our children. Right. Exactly, Right. exactly. Yes, yes, good, okay. Well, then that's good because um, a lot of, a lot of this will go back to that parent-child relationship. Like, what are we doing here with, in this relationship, okay? Um, okay so um so there was um just here's a story there was a um dr stauber he's a he's a renowned psychologist and years 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 ago probably in the 60s he was nothing you know he was not that observant and he was um his wife wanted him to go see the Rebbe. the Rebbe would people would visit the Rebbe. they would ask questions and you know they could have a private audience and so his question, like his big question to the Rebbe was why does like give me a break? Like, why does God care about the details? Like is God so petty that like he cares if my fork went into the to the water before? He cares about my little blessing. He cares like my meat, my milk, which sponge I'm using, like the amount of matzah I eat at the Seder. Like, what is with all the details? So um, so the Rebbe kind of turned it on his head. And the Rebbe said, actually, what God's doing is he's giving you so many points of connection. He's giving you so many opportunities in your mundane life to have a chance to connect with him. He's giving you, wake up in the morning, you say, Modani. wait, before you wake up, you can get out of bed the right way. You can get out of bed with your right foot first. You can wash your hands. You could say, Modani. you could, you know, you there's just so many steps in your day where you can connect with him so all of these opportunities are spread out throughout our entire lives in these ways that we can connect to Hashem we can plug in you know eat pray love eat work love all of these in all of these ways in our life we have this opportunity to connect with Hashem so and then we furthermore it's like he wants a relationship with little me I, I matter. Yes. Like, did you think, like, when you think about the details, do you think God created this very, very detailed world? And now, you know, especially in a post COVID world, we know that like the tiniest nano mill, I don't even know the measurements for what got us all sick. Right. We, we have no measurements for this. This is the tiniest, tiniest detail. So could it be that God put all this detail into science, into nature, into our lives, and then, oh, I don't really care about what happened. So no. God cares. He cares about every single detail and he's, and he's, um, what's the word? Um, he's not flaky. He's um, consistent. He's consistently cares about every single detail. He created the world with such detail and he gave us the Torah with such detail. Okay. Um, it's not a God that doesn't care that creates the trees that are turning colors, you know, uh, that, that we're seeing right now in fall, the, the, the science we're able to come up with everything that we see around tells us that this god does care and he cares about little me and that we learn from the torah um okay so um okay so the question is um okay so why are they in these menial non-spiritual actions because hashem wants to connect with us and because that's where hashem wants to show himself in our world. It's not about the spirit. It's not about the heavens. It's about being right here down on earth and connecting with Hashem through this, through the dishes, through the wine, you know, through the, the kosher, all of those details. Okay. Any questions? Questions, comments? Okay.
3: Yes. The concept of um that little joke,
0: the devil's in the details. Well actually it's not the devil, it's God. Mm-hmm, God is yes. Exactly. Okay. So, um, so why? Okay. So then we could, and then j- just text number three, um, Sandrine. You want to start reading it? It's long. It's another midrashic work, and yes, sure. Okay.
4: God did not leave off anything in the world for which He did not grant a mitzvah to the people of Israel. A person goes out to plow, there is a mitzvah in the Torah. Do not plow with an ox and a donkey together. To sow, do not sow filayin. I hybrid planting in your vineyard. To harvest, when you reap your harvest in your field, leave the forgotten sheaf for the poor. Freshing, do not muzzle an ox when it is threshing. Kneading dough for the first of your kneading ball, lift up rala as a gift to the koen. Taking eggs from a nest, send away the mother bird. <clears throat> Slaughtering a wild animal or fall, cover its blood with soil. Planting a tree, observe its orla by not partaking of its root for the first three years. Burying one's dead, do not mourn excessively by cutting yourself. Getting a haircut, do not shave the corner of your head. Building a house, make a fence for its roof and inscribe this word on the doorposts of your home and on your city gates. Hmm. Covering yourself with a the garment, they shall make for themselves titties.
0: Wow. So there's not one, there's not one piece of our life that is not governed, that Hashem is not giving us details about. So this is one of the things that actually distinguishes Judaism from the other, you know, um, religions, beliefs, doctrines, or isms, is that Judaism is not just a set of beliefs or a set of rituals or culture. And then it's, it's, the totality of life. Like it, it is across our entire life. So it's not like you go to an ashram or you go to a hilltop and you meditate and you think about God and then you're spiritual. We get to be spiritual. We get to be Jewish in our daily living, in the fun we're having, in the excitement, in the parties, whatever it is we're doing, we get to bring Judaism right there. In our business, we get to bring Judaism. In our hobbies, we get to bring Judaism. So we get to This is about bringing Judaism into every bit of our life, spreading it out, as opposed to, um, you know, going up on a hilltop on a hilltop and Hashem gets into it with us. We don't have to separate ourselves to go to spirituality. Spirituality comes down into our daily living with us. Now, another reason this is very interesting that mitzvahs are so practical and mundane is that. Translating sentiment into action is the most powerful way to express our inner world or conviction, right? So for example, if you you get married and it's for better or for worse, right now, after we say, or for better or for worse, how do we translate that sentiment? Can I, in my heart, feel for better or for worse? And then tell, when you ask me to take out the garbage, I'm like, no, thanks. And then Mm -hmm. I'm rude to you, or I'm, I'm ignoring you, then where's the better or for worse? How do I express what's in my inner world? I express my inner world through action, through deeds. And Judaism is so down to earth and so practical. And it's saying that, you know, I mean this is not such a nice joke but there's like the joke that that Jews have so many heart attacks because they're all Jewish in their heart. They're carrying it all here on their heart. Spread it out a little. Don't carry it so much in your heart. Put it in your action. Don't, you know. So so this is what it what it's saying to us is that we we are expressing our inner world through these mitzvahs. We are doing the things, you know, we can have all these ideas. You, you, you go, you have a relationship with someone or you're, you're an employee or you're an employer and you hire somebody for the job. And then the question is, I wanna have this job. I'm so motivated. This is exactly the, the type of work I wanna be doing. And I'm, I'm gonna be a rainmaker and I'm gonna get this all done. And then the person like spends all night working on a project and doesn't show up for the next three days. Like, where's the sentiment they expressed? So it is expressed in showing up the next morning. It is expressed in doing the things that you supposedly buy into. Okay, so it's it makes Judaism actionable. Um, we, we feel it, but we don't act. We don't often act on it. So these moments of action is where you see commitment, and that's where mitzvahs are so important. Is because this is your this is showing your commitment. That's all Hashem really wants from us. It's like, and everybody gets caught up in like. I'm doing it, but I don't really feel it. And I, no, do it. That's what, I mean, the bottom line is, what do you want? The garbage taken out or you want a, 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 you want someone to read you a sonnet? Pick up the garbage. I don't want the sonnet. You know, I want the garbage out, right? I want it cleaned up. I want to know that you, I can count on you. I want to know that you're reliable. So that's our, that's what we're doing here. That's our relationship with the mitzvah. It starts with faith and belief in Hashem, obviously, because, you know, But I would say it's both ways, you know, you can, you can also start with the mitzvah and the belief and faith can come later, but it's, it's being all in. Um, Okay, so, and then it plays out with the details, the actions, that's what we do, express the sentiment. Um, Okay. Um, Okay. um, Okay, so then, so this whole course is going to go through seven different mitzvot and talk about how the deeper level and the deeper layer of how we, we um, practice them. So today's mitzvah is mezuzah. There is a video. Um, I'm gonna show it though at the end when you guys sign off cause I don't have a way to show it to you but I can mail, email it to you. Okay. So um, the mezuzah we all know, I mean, what, what's our mezuzah for? What, what what do we know? What do we know about a mezuzah? What, why do we put up mezuzah? Audrey, why do we put
3: up mezuzah? <laughs> <laughs> blessing protection for your protection
0: home. yeah blessing protection for your home that's why we that is the luck. most basic what for good luck for so good luck i don't know luck is such a jewish concept you know it's it's like it's it's not you know on a whole cloth that you have luck you put a mezuzah you're connecting in that way and we'll talk about what's on why mezuzah what that that does for us okay so um the zohar says that um so first of all, it says in the Tehillim, Hashem yishmar uvayacha me'ata God will protect your comings and your goings from now until eternity. And the, the Kabbalah, the Zohar says that this is talking about a mezuzah. And this is the protection that we get from mezuzah. And um, mezuzah is also from the word zaz maves, which means um, that that death should be no more. Hmm. And we get tremendous, tremendous protection from a, mitzvah, from a mezuzah, once upon a time, people would put mezuzah in their walking sticks. Hmm. Um, people actually carry mezuzah in their cars, like they'll put it in the glove compartment. People take mezuzahs with them when they're traveling. So we know it traditionally as on your door, but it has so much hmm. power and it's so pr- helpful and protective that people travel with mezuzos. okay? People put them in their bedroom obviously on their wall, but some people even put it like in their drawer next to their bed. That is, you know, that's the level that people feel connected to, um, to this. So I'm just going to tell you two stories and, um, just to, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, and I'll tell you another story. There's a lot of, there's a, there are a lot of business stories actually out there. What? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's just about like Haines. I'll, I'll play it at the end while we're doing the. yeah thank you okay so um in 1976 you all know the story of entebbe right there was a plane that was traveling from paris to um israel and it got hijacked and taken to uganda and there were 105 jews everybody else was released they they took the jewish prisoners and they landed with they landed with them in uganda and they were asking the israeli government to release terrorists now the israeli government Ter- terrorists that they that they wanted for to be released that had been already arrested. Now, um, Israel does not like to bow to pressure, obviously, because then what's the next thing that's going to happen that's going to give them more pressure? And there's a reason these terrorists are behind bars. But they were getting a lot of pressure, Israel, from, you know, this is the early days, from the families of these people. This was men, women, children. And what they ended up doing was... Um, they staged this tremendous invasion. I mean, you all know the story, right? And no, um, yeah. Radon right right right
3: and Tevi. Radon and Tevi,
0: right. And yeah. it was Yonatan good, Netanyahu. Yeah, there's a movie. Uh-huh. Um, Yonatan mm-hmm. Netanyahu led it. He did not survive. So 102 of the 105 were saved. And um, it was it was a huge miracle. I think everybody recognized oh. that. Um, and it was a huge self, self-sacrifice. Yeah. And afterwards, um, the Rebbe had said, <clears throat> to, um, that they should check the mezuzahs. The people who this happened to, they should check their mezuzahs. And all of the people that listened to the rabbit, wasn't everybody, but the people who are connected or in some way, there was a big number. They all checked their mezuzahs and all of them had counterfeit mezuzahs. They all had mezuzahs with no, with mm. a counterfeit scroll inside. Oh my God. Wow. So that was one oh thing, okay? Now um, there's another, this is actually a very interesting story because it's- that. So I'm going to, we're going to talk about that in a minute. It's not like it's, we're going to talk about what this means. Okay. What, what does this mean? Okay. Then there's another story and this like a little bit like, we'll, there's different ways to interpret it, but we'll get through the whole thing. Okay. So it's going to be a little maybe triggering or like, hmm. okay. So um, there was, we're going to actually go to text 7 and B. I think it's there. Um, 7 a.m. B.
3: 7a. Is there a 7a? Okay,
0: okay, page
3: okay.
0: 13. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let, let me first tell you the story. So, um, there was a group of Israelis, of Israeli children with their teachers who went to Svat for Shabbat, they stayed in Mala, Mala, Malot for Shabbat in this school, and terrorists came and 16 people were 17 people were killed afterwards the Rebbe um, I don't know if it was no somebody decided to check the mezuzas in the place that they were staying in the school and they found 17 mezuzas that were not kosher so the Rebbe Hmm. urged people he said like you see that that mezuzas save lives but people but so like we, the Rebbe said, like for some reason, this was also in the 60s and the Rebbe had been on this huge campaign to ask people to check their mezuzahs and put up mezuzahs and the Rebbe said after this, he said, like, I didn't know what was going on for me, but I knew that I had this like urge to ask people, like it kind of, you know, you know, when you listen to yourself, right? You know, when some something's talking to you and you listen to your own heart and the Rebbe's heart was telling him to tell mm-hmm. the people to, to check mezuzahs. And the Rebbe says, you see that, you know, there was a reason that, So people got upset at the Rebbe and they said to the Rebbe like, you know, what you were asking like, is Hashem punishing them for not having their mezuzot kosher or checked? So the Rebbe says, no, that uh, Hashem is not punishing us. But when you drive in a motorcycle without a helmet and you fall and you crack your head open, are you being punished Mm -hmm. for not wearing a helmet? No. But the chances of you falling without a helmet were very great so a mezuzah is a protection and if your protection is not there if it's not working then you are going out in this scary world that we live in we live in a a difficult world there are so many things that can come to us right we know that there's challenges and there's risk everywhere just being in a supermarket, you can have a risk, and 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 God forbid something can happen. And you know, I don't have to tell you; everybody here knows that things can happen. But having a mezuzah is that walking around with that helmet, so to speak. It's like I know there's risk, so I am going to be proactive and take this step to keep my mezuzahs kosher, so that it's it's me. Okay. So um, I'm going to just um, just read kind of the. Um, the last, let, let let. why don't you do the, um, I don't want, we don't have to read the whole story, but anyone can read it if they want to. Um, okay, so let's read the last, when I launched the MZUZA campaign. Um, re, um, Nina, do you want to start reading from there? It's text 7A, okay. When I
1: launched the MZUZA campaign, who's was saying this? The Reb is saying I myself did not know why I chose this specific spot. It was urged urge from above and I wasn't able to stop speaking about it.
0: I just want to stop there for a minute. You know, Hashem speaks through all of us. Okay. When you are, when you just, you know, when, when somebody suggests somebody, why don't you go out with somebody else and they end up being a couple, that's God speaking through you. I just want to tell you that if you tune into yourself, if you turn it, I'm sure you all have stories where you listen to yourself and things happen or you mm-hmm. said the right thing to somebody at the right time, or you happen to mention that, you know, my father was suffering from these weird allergies and then the person here is like, oh my goodness. Some, or they then turn around and they meet somebody who's suffering from the same thing. So I just wanna say that everybody should tune into what's going on for themselves. I just I just want, thought that that was, okay, go ahead. Um,
1: I wasn't able to stop speaking about it at the time. I explained that the Mishuza brings divine protection but there are many mitzvot, and each one has its benefits, although we do not perform mitzvot to receive reward, rather because they are commanded by God. Now we see how this incident was associated with the mitzvah of mezuzah. Mezuzah brings protection at first glance. It seems that this protection is only for the home on which it's affixed. The back of the scroll contains the three Hebrew letters, Shin, Dalet, and Yud, which spell a divine name, Shaddai, and are also an acronym for the words Shomer, Daltot, Yisrael, guardians of doors of Israel.
0: The Zohar, however,
1: connects mezuzah with a verse in Psalms: God will guard your coming and go, you going out and you're coming in, meaning that the mezuzah also protects the person who lives in the house when they leave the house and
0: go out into the world. Okay. Okay, um, Audrey, you wanna just read so. When the Rebbe was criticized, the Rebbe continued, and this was at a farbringen. The Rebbe spoke. Um, the Rebbe addressed these criticisms. Okay, so um, so that was the first farbringen where the Rebbe connected it to the mezuzah, and now the Rebbe got criticized for it. So, Audrey, read the next um, text, seven B. There have been those who
3: criticized what we said last week. How can we say such a thing that Jews were killed because of this? The truth is that we never said such a thing. I will therefore explain the matter clearly in a way that cannot be misunderstood with the following both of you on the battlefield is required to wear a protective helmet in the case
0: in case the enemy
3: shoots a bullet or grenade at him the helmet is heavy uncomfortable and expensive nevertheless the army manufactured them and obligated soldiers to wear them if the soldier fails to wear a helmet and is killed god forbid would anyone Say that his lack of a helmet was the cause of his death, or if someone else prevented the soldier from wearing the helmet, anyone say that this person murdered him. The soldier was killed by the enemy bullet, and the enemy will try to kill him whether he's wearing a helmet or not. It is not that the helmet could have protected him, and not by not wearing it, this protection was removed. The same principle applies to the Tiffuline and the Ziza campaigns. We never meant to say that. One who doesn't fulfill these misfotes is deserving of such punishments. God forbid. It is rather that these to protect a person. They are like the helmet.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I actually have never seen the Rebbe lay Have you ever heard of the Rebbe like explaining himself and defending? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Very strong language of like, you know, yeah.
3: There's heavy, a lot of black yeah.
0: yeah. It's very, I think it's very interesting that, you know, we have to just be really careful how we convey something to people because it could be misunderstood. So, um, so hearing this, you might say like, and still, why wouldn't we have a visa? So maybe it's expensive to have a visa. Maybe you think you have a visa. I just want, you know, people, you know, there's a, the joke where the interior decorator calls up the people's homes, she's decorating. And she's like, listen, I got everything done. The couches, the pillows, I did all the last things. And I put up those, you know, I got all, I don't know where you want your little square boxes, but I took out all the warranties. Don't worry. You know? <laughs> so, um, but unfortunately, you know, some of these mezuzahs do not have the the authentic protection, which is the the way a mezuzah, again, yeah, back to the details. There's a way that a mezuzah is set up and it's put on a parchment. It's written by a scribe and it's written with certain intention and it's specific words. So it's a good idea to have your business checked and know what they're up to. And if they are expensive, well, you know, we pay a lot of money for insurance and we pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves in all different ways. And here's another way that, you know, it says it says in in Hasidat, i think it's actually in today's tanya right thing everything has to reflect one world to another so if we're doing all this in one world we we all know that there's another world that we're living in right we we, we can't readily see it but we know there's a spiritual world that is either tandem to our world under above it's somewhere you know it's like you just got to plug it so um That's the world that we are plugging into by having this mezuzah. And who wouldn't want more protection, especially in this world? Yes. So
2: I understand that the parchment itself, of course, is so many specifications. But
0: what about the mezuzah? Okay, so that is like, it does not matter. Of course, we we have this joke in Chabad. So if you look at the Chabad mezuzah, it's very simple. It just has the parchment, right? It's a plastic clear cover. We have this joke. My mother's best friend always says, she's like, if Chabad celebrated Christmas, we would not be able to decorate the tree because it's so beautiful <laughs> in and of itself. The tree, you know, we don't decorate our Sukkah. We are like the mitzvah is beautiful in and of itself. So, um, you know, the the the, the parchment, but you can anything around the mezuzah is, you know, we're gonna. If, we'll get to that very soon. We're gonna make these glass mezuzah cases, and shouldn't take so long. So, um, yes.
3: when your mezuzah is faulty. Because bad things tend to happen when the mezuzah is faulty, when there's a problem with
0: it. So th- what we're saying is that you are just you 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 missed out on your protection. So it's not about the mezuzah being faulty; it's about let's have a a, a kosher mezuzah so we can we can um, lean into the most protection we can have. It's not like it's not about the faulty
2: mezuzah. Oh, well then, you have to get That's what on. I'm talking about. Oh, then like, you, then you don't one. know until bad luck falls upon them. No, no, no. If you have a
0: flood, you know to check your mezuzahs. There's people. There's a. There's customs to check your mezuzahs. Check your mezuzah once a year before Shoshana. People do and that. Your smoke detector. Right. Exactly. <laughs> check your smoke detector and your mezuzah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So um. Let me know if your mezuzahs so So you bring it to a sofa like you um yeah you take them off and you and you when you first buy them you buy them you you buy them kosher, or my people bring it to my husband to rabbi schisterman or rabbi Ari, and we will mail it to new york and they'll check them all but he Mm -hmm. can tell right away if it's kosher but like if the if the cloth if it's on parchment and if it's on paper and then they'll look at it i mean there's so many stories of people like the words being People dealing with like eye problems or foot problems or this and and literally in the mezuzah that word was either not there or it was smudged out. Like people I know have had such like spooky stories with with mezuzah. Yeah, um, I mean, my husband had was suffering from terrible headaches and his his tefillin were um, when he had gotten his tefillin. His brother was playing with them and had stuck an apple core oh, in his no. tefillin, so it ex- it got wet. And when my husband put it to dry. To dry it, it expanded, and it it uh-huh. it it, it's, it wasn't really the right size, and you know, and I mean, and he, still,
3: he
0: still has his headaches, but it's I'm so assuming like, that was, was just one thing. No, no, the apple core. My husband oh, right away saw is, that it was, was wet, apple. and he put it out to dry. Like he knew not to put it away, not to get moldy, but that wet thing. And then when he went to measure, he went to check his Mrs. three times. The ever said, "Check your Mrs. <laughs> check <three> your Mrs. <times>, and they, I mean, check <laughs> your and They were." fine. They were fine. They were fine. And then one sofa he sent to the third sofa is like, let me measure the boxes. And the boxes were not, you know, and this is again, like, this is like, anyway, everyone has their own (laughs) stories, but like it's not, it's just nice to be able to. So,
4: Dina, I have a question. Sure. Sure.
0: So if I heard
4: you right, you're saying that it's sort of up to us and to our custom as to how frequently we have um is this a check to make sure they're kosher? So
0: there's not like a halachic ruling no. about you have to do it at certain times or okay no Thank it's you. it's really a personal thing you know many many people will check them once a year or every eighteen months or every other year I think we do it every other year maybe or maybe every third year because it's it, it, nothing should happen to them so right. um we yeah. had a workshop
4: here this summer uh, <clears throat> you know okay. all about calligraphy yeah. and but the scribe was here and checked.
0: And what did he say?
4: So I brought mine and I had three bad ones. What did he say though? How so often should you check them? To record, but I think so. maybe I, uh, yeah, I had yes. more I protection because of that.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Maybe, right. I don't know. <laughs> At least once in seven years. Okay, well, makes maybe sense. That maybe that's it. yeah, I just
3: remember that in seven years.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Um, Okay, so text four and five. Who are we up to? Donna, would you like to read text four? Okay, so this is that. What is in what makes the mezuzah real? What's inside the mezuzah? So text four. You know we don't have to read text four. It's the Shema. We all know the Shema. Actually, text five we don't either need to read. Um, sorry, Donna, I didn't mean to take away your turn. So text four and five are the um, Shema Israel. Actually, actually, no, I do want to because. Everybody read text four to yourself. And I want you to underline a mitzvah or a principle of Judaism you can identify in number text four, sorry, little activity. Hmm. A mitzvah or principle of Judaism.
3: It's gonna a line. And then it skips over. Yeah, that's
0: it's an added yeah. Okay. Okay. At the end, it says, In order that your days may increase and the God, days of your children upon the land which God swore to your forefathers to give them as the days of heaven above the earth. So here it seems like that's our reward for all of this, and we put that in our mezuzah. So now look at figure, you have turned the page, I think, figure one, one, and you can see that um, the precept and the text, okay? So it says, hero Israel, Donna, you wanna read the precepts or the texts? Um, go, go, you can go across. Okay.
2: Belief and of God. Hero Israel, God, God is our God. The oneness of God. God is one. Love of God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Learning Torah. These words which I command you today shall be upon your heart. Speak of them when you sit in your home and when you travel on the way. Education. Teach them to your children. The mitzvah mm. to recite the shema twice a day, in the morning and the evening. Speak of them when you lie down and when you rise. Mm. The mitzvah to fill. Him. Find them for a sign on your arm, and they shall be the between your eyes. The mints for us, Write them on the doorsteps, doorposts of your home, and on your gates. Prayer. To serve him with all your heart. Reward and punishment. If you hearken to my commandments, I will give the reign of your land and its time. Beware lest your heart be done with strength. The centrality of the land of Israel to Jewish life.
0: So you see how encompassing this mitzvah is. Just Mm -hmm. this parchment inside is like it is it it it's every belief that we have in Judaism. And then what you're doing with this is you're putting it on your front door, on your living room, on your closet, on your bedroom—not your bathroom. But you're putting it so you're like imbuing your entire home with this spirit of. Of your whole Yiddish kite. So it's like we don't, you know, we don't have Torah personal Torahs anymore, mm-hmm. but it's like here's you have your little mini version of kite, just so encompassed all around your home. And it it's really, really people, beautiful. It also lets people know you're Jewish. I mean, I always like when I go to people's houses and I look and I go, oh, Missessa, they're mm-hmm. Jewish. That's right. so cool. So it, it gives right. you that
1: sense of like, oh, now I know who this person is, a so part That's of it. it, you know. Right. And
0: somebody texted my husband this week and said there's on Lanier, there's a home with dreidels and menorah in the window and no mezuzah. Okay. fyi you know <laughs> better go make a visit there okay so um, dina yes dina
2: did you say on your closets also
0: if it's a walk-in closet you can have Mrs. a walk-in closet oh
2: okay i didn't know
0: connected. that it's not connected to the bathroom yeah so is anything okay. coming up for anyone does this how does this make somebody feel like knowing this or anything we're talking about does anyone have anything to add or ask or say took pictures or just getting a- oh thank you okay so um it's a legitimate challenge in today's day and age to put up with this i think for some people but i think that as a jew it's a challenge that we have to you know work on overcoming and stretching ourselves and i heard something really beautiful today from jonathan Sachs that was connected to the parsha when Yaakov is fights with the angel right so this was a moment like um rashi's grandson he's a commentator in the torah and he says he compares it to um two other incidents 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 in the torah one is when jonah hides from god and goes and you know he gets swallowed by the whale and the other time when moshe doesn't want to go to the jews and hashem is getting ready to attack him and then zipporah um saves the day by um circumcising the boys so what was going on is yaakov was a Jacob was afraid. He was afraid of his greatness. And what Jonathan Sachs is saying, he said, like, you know, I I would like to put this forth, you know, with all humility, is that I think subconsciously a lot of Jewish people are afraid to step into that greatness of being a light unto the nations and they hide from that. So this is, it could be a challenge and it could be, it could not feel safe right now. But I think that, you know, if you know somebody who could use a mezuzah, encourage them to put up mezuzah us we'll help you with that but i think it's really it's it's very very practical um, because of the the security that it gives us and the representation what it what like you were saying it tells you this here is a jewish home and we could sure use more of those little Mm -hmm. points of light okay um so there's a there's a story um yeah so it's a very practical way to connect hashem and it, it gives us so much benefit. It's benefit to me. It's benefit to you. I think it's also benefit to our fellow Jews because they see we're there. There's a story in the Talmud of Rabbi Nasi and the king of Persia. They had this really nice relationship going back and forth. And the king of Persia at the time, this is, you know, temple times. He wanted to thank Rabbi Huda Anasi for this relationship and this, you know, this meeting of minds. So he sent him a precious stone as a gift. And in return, Rabbi Huda Anasi sent him a mezuzah. And the, the king was horrified. He's like, in return for my precious stone, you send me this like piece of parchment. He said, no, let me explain it to you. He said, with what you sent me, I now need to hire guards to protect this thing that you just sent me this, this the, 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 from the king's chest. But what I'm sending you is the guard for you, for your palace, for your family. And what ended up happening was the king's daughter actually did fall ill and the king remembered this story and he brought in this mezuzah into his daughter's bedroom and she did get healed. Hmm. Okay, text six. I'm going to leave to all of you to read on your own. It's a fabulous story of Onculus. Um, It's it's very, it's a famous story of, um, of, of, this, um, Unkelos is a commentary on the Torah. It's, every, it's an, I mean, every Chumash that I've ever seen and we use it, it's one of the basic, like Rashi, Unkelos, it's Aramaic. And he was a convert to Judaism. And he was, the, um, he was the nephew of the Roman emperor and the Roman emperor was just completely aghast that he had converted and he was trying to bring him back and Unkelos through the mezuzah kept bringing in all the soldiers that came to bring him back in shackles back to his uncle he was able to bring them back to Yiddishkeit through this story of the mezuzah. Hmm. So, um, and it, it's a beautiful, I, I encourage you, you'll take home the papers. I encourage you to read it, it's long. And I and I, um, I think it's a good idea to read it. I just want to um, finish off with one story so that we can get to the activity. Um, and because we have an activity, other times we'll spend more time on the the texts and things, but I felt like I really wanted to start it off a little lighter because not we're not so used to this, you know. Um, okay, so um, this is a story in um, in China. Let me just find out exactly where, so that you have the whole story and I'm not making it up. Okay, <laughs> so um, in in um, Rabbi Dovi Hennig, who was Shli- the shliach to Shangdu, China, he was in Israel or he was home for a month and he lives in a complex in China and you know China's <clears throat> communist and everything's very well protected and everything is you know very he probably lives in a building that looks exactly like every single other building in his complex and when he came home he came home to a huge mess and the night before the entire complex had been robbed and everybody's stuff was stolen and he sees like, in order for him to even get to his apartment, there's like tape and there's there's police officers and there's like so much chaos going on. He's just trying to arrive home with his wife and his children. And he comes to his apartment and there's nothing. There's no broken glass, there's no windows. He opens his door, he goes in, he unpacks. He's not even really thinking. He just sees there's all this chaos. Then the chief of security, I don't even know, it wasn't even of his apartment. It was like of the province calls him in and says to him, and like and it's it's china you know it's you could be thrown into jail it's still a communist country and he like he's called and he's a little nervous and he like takes this thing and he puts it down he said tell me what this is and he sees it's his mezuzah he's like excuse me he's like tell me what's this security system he's like how do you know it's a security system he said the we we caught the people who did this and they told us that they were able to hack every single piece of security, but they saw your system and they didn't know how to hack it. They couldn't even touch it. They didn't like they didn't know how to get behind the wires. They didn't know what it was about. So tell us about your security system. He's like, wow. sorry, it's I've just pretty what? Double-sided tape. Double-sided tape. Exactly. Like there's really, there's really nothing to report here. So Anyway, that's just—it's it, this happened in the last five, six years um, oh to the shliach in China. So I thought that was a
1: really great mm-hmm. story to end up with.